Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Highly Sensitive Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Matthews. I'm a registered craniosacral therapist, a flower essence practitioner, and at the moment I am going to school to add registered massage therapy to my practice. So I'm wearing the student hat again as well, and I'm really excited to be back. I have had some wonderful emails from people over this past number of months since I released a recording last. I think it was November was the last one. I actually had to go look up. I'm like, I don't even know what number of episode we're on anymore. So if you are a returning listener, welcome. It's really nice to basically chat with you again, though that feels a little weird to say because it's a one-way conversation in many ways. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome. It's exciting to have you here. This is where we talk about all things highly sensitive. There is nothing too out there, nothing too strange. And also, there's a lot of stories shared on this podcast from the people that I interview through to my own stories, just of the the little things that make life both beautiful and challenging as a highly sensitive. And one of the things that can be really common to a highly sensitive person and just to humans in general is our search for meaning is having a connection to some form of spirituality. And whether that be through religion, through attending church, or through something very, well, we'll call it the church of nature. As uh, we've said a few times, I think on the podcast here, whether it's formal or informal, many of us have some kind of spiritual practice A practice that connects us to the mystical in life, even if we don't really think of it like a quote-unquote practice. There may be some things that we do for ourselves to just fill us up on that more subtle level, that kind of intangible level. So when I was going throughout this past year, And for those that are just new to the podcast or that missed uh, the previous episode, episode 38, I've been back at school, as I mentioned earlier, which while full on and lots of study and lots of people time uh, has been really, really awesome. Though I travel for school, I drive once a month about anywhere between 9 and 11 hours it takes me to get there one way. So of course, I need to drive that far back. So adding that in with having my practice running, which I of course have scaled back to make life manageable, 
and to still fill up myself enough. I feel like I can never underestimate the the power of, of self-care, of, of really deeply attending to my nervous system. And I had a few big months this past year that really, that really kicked my butt. So I had to use all my tools and more and dive in on an even deeper level to ha- really learn how to navigate when life is it's fuller uh, that I can really handle for where I like it to be. I've had so much control over my schedule these last few years. Side note, that's been fantastic, being a solopreneur, setting my own hours, and then going to school now where, yeah, as I said, there's a big drive there, and in the wintertime that can particularly be challenging if the roads are not as clear as I'd like them to be. And then having, what would it be, usually, well, at least a full week where I'm in class, sometimes I go straight from class to doing clinical hours, so that would be more along the lines of a 13-hour day, and that's just not how I, I design my life. I I realize how much this is temporary. School is a quick, quick thing in life, but it doesn't feel like it at the time, and yeah, this is, I, I'm definitely going to do more on how this past year went and ways that I navigated these challenges, what went well, what didn't, what I learned. But for some reason, it feels more important to focus on how I stayed connected to my spiritual roots, how I stayed connected to what I just think of as as the mystical, as that undefinable more in life. So I actually pulled up I was thinking about this before I hit record. Uh, I pulled up a dictionary definition of mystical because I'm like, what does that really mean to me? And I will read based off Google here. Uh, Mystical, the simplest definition that resonated with me the most and is really introducing what I mean the most by this word is simply awe-inspiring. Just that awe-inspiring. Things that happen that take my mind off of the immediate situations in life for me to go, wow, like that is incredible. That is mystical. That is magical. And sometimes it was really hard to stay connected to this part of myself. And yet if I don't stay connected to my spirituality and my spiritual roots, I can start to feel really drained over time. Not necessarily physically tired, not even totally mentally tired. It's on a different category. I feel like there's so much meaning that having this mystical connection can bring that without it, sometimes it just feels a little bit like the color gets turned down in life, just kind of going through the motions. And I lived like that before for a while, before I was really finding a spiritual path that worked for me. And side note, I don't have anything particularly 
formal about my practices. They're fairly going with the flow of the seasons and where I'm at. And I 110% want to be mindful that there are a wide, a wide range of beliefs in the world. And I really honor and respect everyone's right to their beliefs and whatever they are. So if something I bring in doesn't resonate or vibe with you, you can just let that go. Keep what works, what fits for you, and just leave the rest. Just coming at this from my own experience. So I know when life has gotten really busy in the past, and I prefer the terms when life is really full. So I'll go back and forth between those two ways of saying what will more commonly be known as life being busy. But when the schedule is fuller than I'd like, particularly when I'm, I'm out of town, I'm away from my home, I'm away from my resources, and though I bring a lot of them with me, but sleeping somewhere different and yeah, when I'm out of my regular, regular routine, it can be challenging to have any kind of connection to my spirituality. And so I've been really intentional in ways of finding that over the year. So I wanted to share some of, some of what worked for me this year. So as I said, take what works and leave the rest. So the first thing I'm going to bring in, and any of the regular listeners to the show are not going to be surprised by this, but the first thing I'm going to bring in, this connection, their suggestion of staying connected to our spiritual roots, is to embrace our gift of connecting to nature of going out into the forest, of pulling over at some cute little 10-minute walk, if it might be something as simple as that, and to really take the time to just notice how you feel being out in the woods, being in and near the ocean, Walking along a river. Maybe you are surrounded by desert. Whatever nature is nearby, if that is supportive for you, I encourage you to find just those small pockets of time to just hang out in nature. And yes, there are so many different studies on forest bathing and the physiological effects, the mental effects of being in the forest. And that is all wonderful. I'm all all in support of it. And I also, I just like having a break in the woods. It really fills me up and reminds me of how much more there is to life helps me switch a mental gear when I see squirrels racing around or having them announce my presence in the in the woods with their chattering and I also want to name that not everyone loves being out in nature and that's okay if you don't like going outside in nature if the sensory challenge is too much if the bugs are too much the heat or the cold 
whatever it might be, that's okay. If you're going, all these highly sensitive seem to love this idea of being outdoors. And for me, I don't like it. You are not alone in that either. There have been other people I've met that they just feel quite vigilant when they're outside. And that's not that relaxing to them. So I encourage you, whatever that whatever that soothing environment is, even if that's a, an art museum where you find just the way they painted even the walls or they've set up a particular cafe some way that just settles the nervous system, then just replace it with something like that. So starting simple, our first layer here of connecting to the mystical is just to stay connected to nature. Even if it's for short bursts of time, in my world that ended up being, a lot of this was a bit of a intuitive nudge. Sometimes it was a, I need a break from driving nudge. And a lot of these little nature spots that I found came along the drive. So I have found some beautiful, very out of the way in some, in some ways, nature spots. I went and visited a lake that was pretty in the middle of nowhere and just took a few extra minutes. And I just felt so rejuvenated, so filled up. Even though I was physically tired, my spirit felt like I'd had my batteries recharged. So that felt really good to do. So giving ourselves permission to do that. Now the next one I'll bring in is definitely related to nature as well. And that's to both honor and recognize the cycles that are all around us. So the simplest one can be watching the moon over the month, seeing through the lunar months, the full moon and making its way all the way to the new moon. Just absolutely gorgeous to watch when, for me anyway, when I can get a nice clear view. And there's something about seeing the moon. I love a good crescent moon. Something about that. It just really makes me feel like yeah, there is more to life than what I'm doing in this exact moment. There are bigger, more magical, awe-inspiring things happening. And I'll take a few minutes to just turn off all the lights in the house and watch the moon rise. So that's one of the cycles we have. I'll get into some more. But before I shift on to that, it actually reminds me of one of my favorite moments of this past year was when I was driving and this was in wintertime, so it was dark already. I was still probably a good two hours away from uh, getting to the city that I'm going to school in. And I'm on a back road, middle of nowhere, just kind of, okay, doing my thing, driving along here, looking forward to getting there. 
And I don't think I'll ever forget this moment. I'm driving down and seeing the moon, just appreciating how beautiful the moon is. And the moon is still rising. Well, I've come around this corner and just the way everything lined up, I was seeing the snow was sparkling and the moonlight. This was in a farmer's field and I had to slow down for this. It was so beautiful. There was no one around. And I saw three deer. One was a buck with this huge set of antlers. And then there were a few doe. And the moon was backlighting them, like silhouetting them. So if you can imagine that, driving along, just trying to get through this next couple hours. And out of nowhere, these moonlit, literally silhouetted creatures just absolutely blew me away. That felt like a gift from the mystical. That's a memory I still come back to. And there's no way I could have taken a picture of that. <laughs> and I just slowed down to take it in. And then that gave me such a boost for the rest of the drive. So circling back, back to honoring and recognizing our cycles. Now, if you are a person that has a menstrual cycle, a person that gets a period, that's a pretty, that is a cycle that we are, we are in it. It is happening. <laughs> there are just different phases and different emotions and different energy levels all throughout our cycle. So if you are a person that has a moon time, has a period, and you want to learn more about that, have an earlier episode I want to say it's episode 12, because I was talking about this with someone not long ago. And I go through some of the different nuances in our cycles and have some suggestions for honoring our, our changing energies. And so for me this past year, I literally, I still to this day, as much as I can block off time over my over my actual moon time itself to really rest. And I feel so much more comfortable if I do that. If I don't, I'm often in quite uncomfortable, lots of pain, and it's very not fun. But if I can just rest at home, I, I actually am, yeah, doing pretty well. So that is a, a very clear cycle for those of us that experience that. But I find that it's helpful when we're in a really busy time in life, when the schedule is over full and we don't see the end of it. I find it really helpful to connect back to cycles because it shows us the passage of time. Time is going by whether we really connect to it or not. And I don't bring that in to have any sort of guilt or hurry up and make this moment count kind of thing. I think there's enough of that pressure. But really just to notice that 
my very wise mother would say, if you're in a difficult patch, if things are too full on, that this too shall pass. Time is still going. So I also love to honor the cycles of nature through the seasons, but particularly through the the really big days. So the solstices and equinoxes are, are pretty big days in my in my book. And I try and do something even very simple just to recognize that, okay, we're at the winter solstice. I'll often um well, except for this past year, I'll often hold a winter solstice circle and circles at the equinox and summer solstice, though that didn't happen as much this year, which is just fine. And when those days are coming around, they're quite a fun time to really look at what's happening in nature and how can that inform me. So with the winter solstice, with those of us in the northern hemisphere, we're in we're in early mid, more mid-August right now. So we're a few months away. We still have lots of light, long days, but the deep rest that comes with with winter solstice is pretty pretty wonderful. And when that doesn't match what our life is doing. So if I expand on that, if winter solstice is about the long night, the deep rest, and if life is full on, it's typically around December 21st, give or take a day, falls right before the holiday of Christmas. It's usually a fairly full on time. So when things don't really match in that way, I'm always curious and asking the question, well, how can I bring in a tiny bit of that rest for myself and connect to it, even just for a few moments? So I could go a lot more in depth on cycles, but I'll just leave it there. Just honoring and recognizing the cycles. Cycles of the moon, if you're a person with a menstrual cycle, honoring that cycle, just recognizing even the phase that you're, you're in. And you can even use sunrises and sunsets, our daily cycle. They are pretty liminal times, pretty magical times. Anytime I'm up watching the sunrise, it's very special. It's very awe-inspiring. And it's nice to take a few moments just to watch it. So I'll bring in some more suggestions, some ways, some ways that I stayed connected to my spiritual roots, some ways that you can take as, as suggestions if you like. And one of them, if you're going, I don't really have time, headspace, energy, access to nature, and I'm not super in tune with the cycles, that's okay. That's why I'm given a range. See, like as I said, see what works. Take that and just leave the rest. But one way that I, this might sound kind of funny, but one way that I love connecting to the mystical is by going to a bookstore and by finding their section of books on spirituality, 
on crystals, on fairies, anything and everything to do with energy healing. I am, I love anytime I visit a bookstore, just wandering in and seeing what books jump out at me. And more often than not, I'll end up with a new book on my shelf uh, and to read for that trip. But there's something, it's like a little bit of time outside of time I find in bookstores where I can just take a few books that jump out at me, just flick through them and just see if there's any meaningful messages that pop out at me. In a way, almost treating them like oracle cards seeing if there's something helpful that I come across. Or maybe it is just fun. Sometimes it's just fun to wander around. Each bookstore might call it something different. It might be known as the New Age section, the Alternative Healing section. It might be spread across a few different ones. And heading and doing this same thing at local libraries very fun. Also much less expensive than buying new books all the time, though I love to support authors whenever I can. Though looking at books that either I haven't ever seen before or old favorites can just be really inspiring. And for me, that that an inspirational, even creative energy, that that is very vital to me. So Keep that in in the back of your mind if you're just feeling like you're going through the motions day after day. And if you're, I don't know, heading out grocery shopping and you see a bookstore in the same complex, if you can take even 10 minutes to wander in and wander the shelves, it might just give you a bit of rest. And maybe you'll walk out with a new book friend. So a few other suggestions that I'll bring in are to have a really simple, easy, I almost don't want to say this word because it's, it's gotten rather charged, but I'll say it for lack of better word in the moment, but having a really simple, easy meditation, having something that doesn't even need to be super formal. And again, there are oodles, oodles of studies relating to how beneficial meditation is. And that can just be, that just exists. But what I'm getting at here is something along the lines of three conscious breaths. Something that takes you 30 seconds or less. Think of it like a mind exhale to have that pause. Perhaps you even like to bring a hand to say your belly and your heart space. And just take three conscious inhales and exhales. Always within your own timing. Think of these like micro breaks throughout the day. So this can be something that 
just helps shift gears a little bit. When things are overwhelming or the schedule's too full, there are many, many ways that you can do this. This can be a more formal sit down of taking 20 minutes, even popping in a guided meditation, or just having a simple meditation where you're following your breath for 20 minutes. As a side note, I actually normally don't focus on my breath for a 20-minute meditation or whatever time length you want to put into it. Uh, I can find it kind of activating sometimes. So, side note on that, I feel like there's so many tangents I could go off to when it comes to meditation. I'm no expert, but at the same time, it's something I've explored quite, quite a lot. So, in this past year, when I had a lot of different demands on me than I've had in years past, even though I was counting it up, and this is my ninth and tenth years of formal study, which, as I look back, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Anything ranging from full-time and part-time. But having these additional demands has made it a lot easier for me to skip that part of my day. And especially when I know from my mind itself, I do really well starting off my morning with going through my flashcards, my muscle memorization, my whatever I'm studying at the moment, just doing the straight recall work right early in the morning is when my brain absorbs the most and is able to make those those connections. So, And that would typically be when I'd have a quiet sit and have some meditation time. So I've adapted. I, I generally do five, just because that works for me. But five mindful inhales and exhales, and then I carry on. So there's lots of different tools you can use, but if you have something that's a 30 second or less or something that's so approachable or something that you enjoy, particularly that, then just bringing in that simple form of self-care, that simplest form of meditation that you can find. So for me who loves flower essences, and you can scroll back in the podcast to listen to more on those, but essentially they are the energetic medicine from plants that can influence our emotions, can influence how we feel, and influence how we are reacting to things. Now, for me, I find these really, really helpful. I always make a simple ritual of it where I'll just pause, notice how I feel, Take my essences and envision them and feel them just soaking in and then carrying on. So whatever whatever it might be there for you. So I found them a really helpful, for years, a really helpful way of taking care of myself and connecting to the plants, connecting to nature, but connecting to yeah, the magic of plants. I have uh, more than once had someone call my my flower essence cupboard in my treatment room. There's this separate cupboard. It's built into the wall. 
it's so perfect um, for this. But I open it up and I work with um, a little over 90 different flower essences right now. So there's just all these different bottles, dropper bottles in there. So every time I open this cupboard, people are like, it's the Harry Potter cupboard. And that's totally what it feels like. I had this great conversation with more than, than one client about how it feels like they're choosing the right wand. And I'm like, yep, that's totally what it feels like for me too. So if you're curious about flower essences, I do actually have an online flower essence shop. I'll throw a link to that in the show notes. So more on a previous episode with those. I don't know the number off the top of my head. And I think they're a wonderful adjunct to spiritual practice and a wonderful adjunct to as well working with a counselor, working with someone to help walk through the layers that can come up and they don't necessarily replace that form of care and treatment but I find them a wonderful addition. So having this simple form of meditation, a simple self-care tool that you find easy to lean into, a simple ritual as in for me taking my flower essences just in a really slowed down way, really noticing my body those are just simple ways that you can shift out of the, the go, go, go of the day and find that connection. So another aspect of that, and this is something I actually did while I was traveling, was to create an altar for yourself that is meaningful for you. I feel like this invites the mystical in. And if you are a highly sensitive person that tends to, say, bring a rock home from the beach or a a dried piece of wood from the ocean or from the forest, if you're someone that's ended up with like these little alcoves in your home filled with cute things, meaningful things, things that you just like looking at, you may well have in a way, created altars without it necessarily having been that intention. And if you don't like that word altar, that's just fine. You can leave that behind. But how I think of uh, an altar is just a connection to spirit. And it can get very complex. There are essentially prescriptions for what an altar is, lists of things it should contain. But For me, they're often crystals with my, maybe some flower essences around, maybe with a deck of oracle cards. But any time I travel to a new Airbnb, and I have been to many this past year, (laughs) staying in uh, a lot of different homes, I would set myself up uh, a simple crystal altar, and sometimes in a certain shape, they're always just very intuitively made. Sometimes I lay them all out in a line of what chakra that stone corresponds to. And when I'm sitting there eating my breakfast, I just reach out and hold on to that for a few moments. But for me, altars remind me to slow down and to connect to the magic and the mystical in life. So just, I'm going to keep that one really short. However that looks for you. Just creating very simple altars 
if you're a person who creates art in a physical form, whether that's drawing or painting, whether that's glue gunning different things onto paper, I don't know what it could be, anything, then even using your art as of a fulcrum, a pivot, a, a place to have an altar. So just an idea for you. So I'm going to just take a pause. See if anything else seems really particularly needed to be named in this episode. Hmm. So just quite simply to honor yourself and your need for rest as a highly sensitive. Just to embrace rest. And I know some might be saying, I thought this was an episode of how busy things were and how to, how to stay connected to the mystical, how to stay connected to our spiritual roots, whatever they may be. And I know for me, the more well-rested I am, the more I can find those connections. I'm less walking around with blinders on to what's the next thing and a little more curious, a little more go with the flow. And sometimes that rest can come from just straight sleep and whatever other self-care tools you use. But it can also come from being in community. And this year... There were a number of times I thought, I am too tired to go to circle. (laughs) And what I I mean by circle is a gathering. In this case, it's with a wonderful trusted friend and mentor of mine. She is very, very dear to me. And she has been holding and facilitating a medicine wheel for us, for, for our group, for six years now, more She's been doing, she's been a medicine woman for over 30 years, so her knowledge is just out of this world, quite literally. But the amount of times I thought, I'm too tired to go to circle, and we meet twice a month. But every time I went, every time I felt so much more energized I felt a layer of fulfillment. I felt a layer of connection that I couldn't otherwise get. So embracing rest can sometimes mean meeting with others in community. So maybe that is a a local circle through, say, a metaphysical shop in your area. Maybe it's a women's group And there are men's circles as well. It was opened up and just completely non-gender specific. Finding a community and sometimes just trying a few on. I've gone to a number of different circles that have been facilitated, held by someone else. And gone, okay, that was a wonderful experience. I I don't quite connect with them as, um, as I'd like, and that's just fine. So it's it's a way of finding community. And even though... I don't actually even chat all that much to the other people that are in the circle in between. 
when we meet and have these chances to share, it's, it's really helpful just to catch up with each other. And I know that meeting with others, since so many of us are introverts, but not all of us, I know that can sometimes feel like it's going to take a lot of energy. Sometimes it will. Some nights, as I said, I was tired and didn't, didn't want to join circle, but it's one to experiment with. See where your energy is at in terms of your resources. If, if it's something brand new, it's nice to ideally have a little more energy to go into new social settings. These are now, they used to be in person, they're now still online, and that works. I know for me, holding circle is really meaningful, uh, incredibly meaningful. I only held one over the summer, somewhat spontaneous-wise, and basically for local practitioners here in Roslyn, some friends. Uh, if, if you can find a connection within community that's in a spiritual orientation that resonates with you, it can be really wonderful. But even just embracing rest, taking the extra time that you need, even if it's not ideal, even if you wanted a three-hour time just for yourself, but you only got 20 minutes, that's something. So I hope today's episode has been helpful on ways to stay connected to the mystical when life is full. And I'll go through just a brief recap here. So the first suggestion is to connect to nature. So many highly sensitives feel very attuned and restored being out in nature. And if that isn't what resonates with you, and you're not a big fan of nature, then finding that environment, that substitute, different aspect that works well for you. That could be even still being in your car, but watching the waves. Finding what suits you uniquely, and knowing that's perfect. The next suggestion was to honor and recognize the cycles that we live in, that we are affected by. It's the moon, the moon in the sky, our moon cycle, if you're a person with a period. The big days, the earth calendar days, like summer solstice, like the spring equinox. This could be Samhain, also known as Halloween, some of the Celtic fire festivals like Beltane and Lunasa. There are lots, wonderful, wonderful days to celebrate. Another, if you only have a few minutes, is to head into a bookstore and wander over to a section that you really love just reading and picking up little tidbits about. And I talked about my love of going into the alternative healing section, the more mystical new age section, books all about witches and crystals and energy healing. That's where you'll find me with my tea. But wherever works for you. And this also could just be visiting a local library and having a wander, taking a little bit of a, a tea date with yourself. If you have kids, bringing them to the library can be a really great way of having a little bit of 
space where you're you're watching if there's some kind of activity for them, some kind of event held. But I can also get that it can be quite intense as everyone wants to bring all the books home and trying to keep everyone quiet enough for a library setting. So I can definitely appreciate the just finding what's going to work for you and your family dynamic when it comes to visiting bookstores or libraries. And if you can get a solo visit in, that's awesome. If you can't, then I wonder if there's ways to still make it work, still have it be restful. So the next thing that we talked about was just the simplest form of meditation that you can connect to. Maybe this is three conscious breaths. Perhaps this is just simply feeling your feet on the ground for a few moments. Maybe there's another tool or practice that you use, listening to a guided meditation. Just a really simple form of self-care meditation, a simple ritual. We also talked about creating altars, creating something that's meaningful for you. This could look like having a statue of something or someone that's meaningful for you or a piece of art. Could be some crystals, an offering, candles, and just even, it is really wonderful when you have candles on your altar and can just sit and watch, gaze at all of the beautiful things you have there. That portal to spirit. Or it could just very simply be a stone from the woods that call to you. And it can be a wide range of what constitutes an altar. And again, I won't go super dive. I won't dive in super deep on those. But just something that's meaningful for you. We talked about embracing rest. And our need for rest as highly sensitives. Our nervous systems that take in and process so much and allowing them a bit of decompression time so that we can notice those moments, those awe-inspiring moments around us. Finally, we talked about attending circles or having a community that resonates with us that we feel filled up by And that can be particularly challenging as highly sensitives. Having a community and friends that that we connect to, that we know we can call up, that can be something that we need to cultivate over time. Definitely a whole conversation for another day. Friends, making friends, and being highly sensitive. If you've ever struggled with making friends or finding meaningful connections that just they aren't draining and you actually look forward to seeing people, yeah, it can be something that needs to be cultivated. So if you've ever struggled with that, you, again, are not alone. So I'm going to move us towards a close for today. And if you wanted to support the podcast, I've got a donation link. It's obviously there's a bit of time in recording and editing. Any donations that you feel that you wanted to make are so appreciated. Even the the buy a coffee idea. Even though I didn't really drink coffee. We'll say buy a tea. 
I drink a lot of tea. So I also want to offer some of my free resources. If you head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free, I'll pop that in the show notes as well. Then you can see a few different options there. And one of them is a grounding meditation that can be really nice to do just as a way to slow down and have some rest. Feel welcome to check those out. They're a great way to join my newsletter, which I can honestly say is not very active right now. And that's okay. There's a lot of other moving parts in life right now. It's been wonderful to spend some time with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to rate and review if you'd like. And with that, my cat has decided it's time for her dinner. You might hear her little meow in the background. So I've got things that are very important to do, like feed yogurt. So be well, take care, and bye for now. Yogurt was back for one more meow. Okay, take two. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.